Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And we are going to have a lively discussion today. And we're going to talk about the Common Council hearings on the blood Plasma Center in Albany, and we have a couple of guests. Uh, uh, Zach Simpson is with me, so is Tom Howey, and we have another guest. Hi, who just signed on? Who just called in? Hi, Hi. my name is Margaret Harrigan, and uh, I live in Albany on Rosemont Street. I was one of the petitioners uh, bringing a judgment against the Albany Planning Board. and uh, okay. I'd like to join in. I'm new at this. Thanks. Terrific. Terrific. Thank you. So, Zach, why don't you start off talking? Okay, Cynthia. Um, well, thank you very much for having us on your show today. Um, so it was a, quite a, um, a busy week uh, for the blood plasma center uh, issue that I've been on your show many times and talked about. Um, so there was three three main things this week we should talk about number one is the uh, the public hearing um, at the Albany Common Council for the um, ordinance that Councilman O'Brien put forth mm-hmm. which set uh, use specific standards for blood plasma centers in, in, with a uh, separation of 1,000 feet from residential neighborhoods public parks um, schools um, and also then Tuesday there was a, a public hearing um, on the Plasma Center uh, where the applicant, which is the owners of Hannaford Plaza, uh, applied for a uh, conditional use permit and a major development plan. And then Friday there was an uh, article that I think a lot of people read. It was entitled, um, pardon me, um, where's the title, uh, Mayor of Albany, and Common Council remain at odds over blood plasma center zoning. Uh, it was a uh, WAMC article on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I find this very intriguing that, you know, the Common Council members, you know, went against the mayor. And, uh, Tom, I want to ask you this question. You know, there have been a lot of issues where, you know, the uh, – Common Council voted with with the mayor, for instance, the trash tax. Tom, why do you think that there's such opposition, you know, to this, and the mayor vetoes it? What's your What's your take on it, Tom? Well, it's not that I'm against the mayor, or I don't think the mayor's against us. It's just. Um you know, trying to figure out exactly how we want to um, plan our neighborhoods. And that's what it boils down to. The USDO was passed uh, in 2017 before this common council took uh, took office. 
Um, and there was a lot of problems with it. And they realized it back then, talking to the, uh, the common council members that are still on the council, the way it was explained to them was, let's get this passed, it's important, and we'll fix it. We'll fix it within six months. Well, mm-hmm. it's well over two years. Now, with the plasma clinic, nothing like this has ever been defined. And it wasn't in the USDO, so it wasn't a spot they could go in the USDO and see you know, how to zone and how to class this facility. Now, mm-hmm. what ended up happening after, you know, over – this has been going on for pretty close to two years. What, what's happened is that they're going to say that it's um, – the Boning Board of Appeals said this is light manufacturing. But if anybody, you know, understands, this is a medical facility. And there are certain zoning restrictions uh, that apply – to medical facilities. So it all becomes down to how you class something that's never been classed before. But we know that they inject needles into your arm or your leg and they take blood out, they take the plasma mm-hmm. out of the blood, they and then they put it back in. So that if that's not medical, you know, can a it just doesn't make sense to me. But uh I'm sorry to give you such a long answer. Oh, no, that's fine. And you're Tom Holy, who represents the 15th District. Now, I'm sure that you talked to... 15th Ward, yes. Uh, uh, right, 15th Ward. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure that you've talked amongst yourselves, yourselves about this issue. Um, is everybody, all the county council members, are they all in agreement with what you're saying do they have other issues besides? Well, I'm sure, you know, we're 15 individuals, and there's probably 15 different opinions, and, you know, there's a social aspect to this. There's a medical mm-hmm. aspect to this. There's, uh, you know, a basic, do people in neighborhoods have a right to say what they want to see in their neighborhood in the future? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people going around going, oh, you're a NIMBY, not in my backyard. But if who's, who's going to stand up for our backyards if we can't? That's what we're elected to do, is to stand up for what the people want. And people, you know, nobody likes that t- term NIMBY, but it's, you know, right. in my mind, it's an honorable thing. Protecting your neighborhood is probably the most important thing, and that's what we need more people across the city to do, protect their neighborhoods. And, Can you know, I just, just jump kind of, in? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Ahead. Cynthia, uh, Peg, Margaret, sure. Peg Harrigan. I guess I just want to say thank you, Tom, for that um, perspective. Uh, you know, everybody has different opinions and different perspectives, and I have spoken against this for a while. I'm a lifelong Albany resident. I grew up in North Albany. I've, I've lived in different parts of the city. I don't think... You know, I was listening to our governor this morning. Whether you agree or don't agree with him, the man seems to be driven by data. And the data on this is not good. I don't think that a blood plasma center, without, without the restrictions the, uh, the Common Council has put on it, belongs in any neighborhood. I'm not saying, I, and, and I have spoken at different public hearings, just as a citizen saying, gosh, you know, there are places, they may be outside of Albany. I can think of a place along Manans and Broadway, you know, that would be perfect. That wouldn't impact any neighborhoods at all. The focus mm-hmm. and the obsession with this particular thing under the guise of, oh, my God, we're so good, when the data, which Zach has developed, I think shows 
there there are a lot of reasons to be concerned. This is a legitimate enterprise, I'm sure. But one of the things that the USDO showed me, and I am somebody, I'm in my 70s. I was living in Albany on Loddenville Road, still in Albany. I chose to come back to this neighborhood where my children and grandchild had grown up because I wanted to be a part of it. And the USDO, as I read it, says that concern about any residential neighborhood is as important as economic development. This idea that anytime some project that comes in, and I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to add to the tax base. I don't know what it's going to do, you know, in terms of positive things that, that leads, you know, any new thing that comes in, well, gosh, that's good. I, 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 as, as, as a lifelong resident, I think the USDO was to balance the concerns. So I think we need more data. If this, if this plasma center is as good as its proponents, this multi-billion dollar company say it is, there are lots of places and they're rich enough to find places not necessarily in, in residential neighborhoods in the city of Albany or any other to get their bus lines, to get their access to whatever. So I think the data would indicate that this rush to let's let them in because, gee, it might, it might, might, M-I-G-H-T, not will, it might help out is, is rather short-sighted. And I am so glad that we have opportunities like this to voice an opinion. Thanks. And, you. and you know, no. can, I, can I just comment, can I comment real quick, Cynthia, sure. about, you know, the process that has been going on here? So when the planning board first said no to the applicants for this blood plasma center, you know, they were trying to put it under, like, a um, – a, um, a, a use like a like an office use, um, and they even like talked about I think it was beauty parlors, and you know then all of a sudden you know it went to the board of zoning of appeals, they you know sent it back to the planning board, and it's important to remember when it went to the planning board and Chris Spencer, who is the planning you know chief planning official, put forth mm-hmm. an actual amendment to the USDO creating um, uh, use-specific standards, the planning board voted unanimously to send that ordinance to the council with a 500-foot recommendation, okay? Then things got a little weird. The council withdrew it. It went back to the planning board, went back to the zoning appeals. They declared it was all of a sudden light manufacturing. That makes sense to you? And now it's back to the planning board. So, I mean, the process on this has been glaringly poor. Um, but the only constant I can say is 1,000-foot setback. I've been calling for it since December 2017, and so have some members of my neighborhood. Hello? Hello? Yes. My name yes, is Katina Mavadonis. Yeah, my name is Katina Mavadonis, and I'm in the Melrose neighborhood, and I would like to echo what Zach has been saying. Because my, I raised this difficulty at the last planning board meeting. My problem is with the designation beyond the 1,000-foot setback, which I totally agree with. Light manufacturing is for a designation for, like, grain mills, lumber yards, cold storage facilities. If the way the planning department interprets it, they just said storage. CSL does not even store – they store the materials for brief period of time at which point they're shipped off to Florida or Australia. 
So to call that a light manufacturing facility really stretches the definition. By that token, Hannaford could be construed as a light manufacturing facility because they store things at their facility. When I looked up zoning code regulations, it, light manufacturing is any facility that, does, as opposed to heavy-duty man, heavy manufacturing, that doesn't produce gas, dust, et cetera, et cetera. So that light manufacturing are like small machine shops, lumber yards, et cetera. So again, beyond the ping pong with the planning board and the planning department, I have real problems with the designation as well. So why do and you I want, think like, that... Go ahead. Go ahead. I thank you. I thank you for all your podcasts on this issue as well. Thank you so much. Why do you think the mayor is so adamant in keeping it right there? I don't know when they're... There's 106 other sites with a thousand foot setback, and I've also spoken to nurses who point out to me that it is more ideal because there may be medical problems, like a person can go into shock possibly when donating plaza, and they're Mm -hmm. better located near a medical or emergency room facility. You time is of the essence, especially when you know if. They go into so I don't understand why because you want to be with plasma donation, you want to be safe. The Red Cross does not do any plasma donation at high schools or anything like that. They all they pick up at high schools is blood, but that blood is not processed at the high school because and donating blood is not as intensive from what I understand. Again, I'm a neophyte with all this. And thanks to Zach, my learning curve is going up. Mm-hmm. When you process this, it's a much more intensive process. And I would think you'd have to be concerned about the safety of the citizens who are selling their plasma. So that's, I just don't know. I don't, you know, I don't have a good answer. You know, it really, it really astounds me that the next mayoral election is right around the corner. And there's a lot of, Votes coming out of your area. It just it just boggles my mind that she's so adamant in not hearing somebody else's opinion. Zach, what do you think? Well, the thing is, you know, sometimes when there's a disagreement between you know a mayor and a legislative body, you know, I don't I don't really often see us. You know, a complete lopsided. Because in this case, it's fifteen to zero. Fifteen council members plus the common council president are right. in favor of a setback requirement, and the mayor seems to be vehemently against it. And she seems poised to uh, deliver a second veto for the second version of this ordinance that passed. So, if 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 there is a second veto. Then the town council has an opportunity to override again, right? So the way, from my understanding, the uh, Albany City Clerk has three business days from the passage of the uh, ordinance uh, to uh, furnish a certified copy to um, the mayor 
the mayor has 10 days from then to either sign it, uh, to not sign it, it could be passively in, put into law, or she can deliver a veto message to the council, which would then be read by the city clerk at the next scheduled meeting. And then what would happen? Well, I certainly hope the council moves forward with a an override, an override the veto. So in that, uh, can this go on indefinitely where there's vetoes and overrides? There's got to be a, you know, a limit to this, right? Well, once the council, I mean, Tom could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe once the council overrides the veto, it's an accidental law. Oh, okay. So the next time... The next time there's an override, if there is an override, then it would be uh, enacted into law, correct? Right, correct. Is that right, Tom? Tom Son? Yes. um, I believe if if there's an override, it it becomes law. But you need a certain, I think it's 10 votes. Um, Yes, two-thirds. And if she doesn't do anything and doesn't veto it in 10 days, it becomes law also. So do you feel her back is against the wall right now? I think that Corporation Council is probably advising her right now about probably moving forward with a second veto. I think it's a mistake. I don't think she should do it, but we'll see. Wow. So anybody who would like to say something, jump in. Well, uh, um, Margaret Harrigan, again, I guess I I, uh, would hope that uh, we remember about checks and balances, and I have not been as involved as some of the others have, but I think it's that the council allows her um, role in that back and forth. I don't know is necessarily conducive to the harmony of the city and I guess the one thing I just want to say a plug for is uh, the role of neighborhood associations in supporting the greater city motto is assiduity. And I think take a careful, careful look at the data surrounding it. it. It does boggle the mind, regardless of where one lives in the city of Albany, that uh, this particular beginning, and again, I assume everybody has the best of intentions, almost seems to be pitting one branch of government against another and certain agencies above the citizenry, which I am sure is no one's intent. But, you know, particularly in these times, everybody is pulling together. I think most of us live in the city of Albany want the best for the city of Albany. We understand there needs to be change, but we also need to remain united. And it seems to me that perhaps there are some other issues that, you know, might might brought the city of Albany's government, whether it's executive or legislative or judicial or whatever, than, than this project. Data other cities which and which certainly I don't think is going to to uh, help 
the residential neighborhoods of any particular neighborhood or necessarily the economic development of the city. So I do hope that we can put this issue to rest. And if down the road things turn around, that's another thing. Thanks. I would, just like, to, I would like to echo Margaret. That was outstandingly said. I don't even know if I can follow up to that. But my problem is, too, um, you've seen this on the federal level, the interplay between checks and balances. And I, I you know, checks and balances is a principle of our Constitution since 1783. Mm-hmm. So that has to be, has to be there. And a, le- a legislative body, that being the Common Council, it, we're respond. You know, they're responsive to their electorate. The Planning Board is not responsive to the electorate. Yes, the Planning Board has to exist. Yes, the Planning Department, but there needs to be an oversight. And that's why I also supported, and Tom, Mr. Hoey can speak to this. I sp- supported his um, resolution. Rest, you know. Making sure the USDO, and I think that's all anybody wants with this, is that the USDO is um, followed correctly, and the words matter. The word, you know, the interpretations of the words matter, and that the proper checks and balances within the local government can occur, especially in these times when we need to be looking at other issues as well. So, Okay. Margaret said it much better than me, but I agree. I, I agree with all her sentiments that she so wonderfully expressed. So, Yeah, I got knocked off, so I apologize. I just got back in. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out um, with a veto override, I've, I've been in the city 30 years, and I don't ever remember uh, a veto being overridden. But maybe it did happen, but... I know in recent times, like the last 10 years, there has n- not been any veto overrides that, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you think this is, kind of, for modern times, this is more or less unprecedented, right? Well, this be historic. Um, so maybe we won't have to go that far. Maybe it won't get vetoed, but uh, it is interesting times. Um, you know, we talk about checks and balances. This is a strong mayor city, and there's other cities like that, um, like Schenectady, for example. There's a lot of uh, tension right now between the mayor and the uh, common council on, uh, you know, Internet throughout the city. But, I mean, that's the way it is, and you have to have public debate. People, citizens need to weigh in, and uh, mm-hmm. we have elections. So that's what you got to well, do. Well, I would just say that, you know, um, the, you know, unanimously, this ordinance was voted twice, full full vote by the council, and full, unanimously the council voted for the resolution calling on the uh, planning board to delay consideration of the special use permit and the major development plan. So, I think a council member who would vote against an override, I don't think that's the best way to go either. So I think that would be peculiar to me. Okay. Okay. Anybody else have anything to say? But even, okay, Tom, even though it's a strong mayoral city, there has to be, I think at the base of it, and I'm not, there has to be responsibility to the constituents at some point. And you have to take the pulse of the, 
constituents. I don't mean that in a just to, you know, I understand it's a strong mayoral city, but there has to be responsibility, you know. There has to be an ear to the ground, so to speak, and taking the pulse of a community on an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not passing judgment on what type of city we're in, just to let you know. I'm just saying that the way it seems. Now, the yeah. council can always act. That, that right to do an override has been around, you know, since the charter. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. It's uh, it's a tough time. I I have a hard time accepting when we hear people say, well, we're in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 virus and we need mm-hmm. plasma. This thing's been going on for over two years before the COVID uh, virus even hit us. Correct. This is Correct. all about making money. This is not about saving people's lives. It's about profiting from saving people's lives. And, you know, I grew up, my mother always said, it's not right to profit off the misery of others. And for a company to go out and start saying, we're going to save lives, but, you know, you got to buy our product first. It's just unethical, and I have a strong problem with that. Mm-hmm. Zach, did you want to say something? Yeah, just, you know, um, you know, I don't know if anybody else wanted to comment on the article um, with uh, Corey Ellis and Mayor Sheehan. Um, I really, you know, I – I found it rather peculiar that she was pointing to the COVID-19 and, you know, you know, those, you know, samples from COVID-19 survivors, that's something that's done in a hospital setting that, you know, not a for-profit plasma center. So there's no connection between the two. Um, I do take exception to her using the term NIMBY, particularly uh, directed at me, because I've been, you know, I've been leading the charge on this since, 2017, and I, I really don't appreciate that. Um, and to make a reference that, you know, my opposition is due to some preconceived notions, I never heard about this type of thing until December 2017. So that's bogus. Hmm. So and when, will this be, when will this be brought before the Common Council again? Well, the next thing will probably be the mayor's veto letter. Okay. And when do you anticipate that? When do you anticipate that happening? Within 10 days of receipt of the certified copy of the ordinance from the city clerk. Okay. So um, within the next couple of weeks, this is a a, um, issue that should be discussed again. All the people that were gracious enough to call in, I I would like to do another show um, as this issue evolves, and I would like everybody who called into this show to come back on Focus on Albany. Will you guys Will you guys do that? Sure. Thank you Absolutely. for your sure. Thank you for having. Sure. Us. Thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. much. So we have been listening to a community dialogue about the uh, Common Council hearings on the Blood Plasma Center in Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Zach, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for contacting me and saying this should be done. And, you know, we will further discuss this issue 
as it evolves. Thank you, everybody. And thank you. Thank you, thank everybody. You, thank you. And stay safe and stay healthy. Same to everybody who listens. Have a great Thanks, day. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 